It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Uh, minus one day this week. We, we took the Super Bowl day off. Uh, we are the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King, here to talk a little bit about that Patriots game, which was okay, from what I'm told. Uh, a little bit about Paul Pierce, who made an emotional return. And Isaiah Thomas won another award. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's just, let's get the Super Bowl stuff out of the way. Let's just do this. Let's just, you're an embarrassment, Corrales. No, here's the thing. Okay. So here, here's what happened now because of my dedication to the Boston Celtics, I was at home watching the game and creating a recap for RedsArmy.com. So instead of being out and watching the game out and being at a, a bar with everybody and, and you know a bunch of Patriots fans, uh, I was home. So then I went from home after the game to a bar to watch the Patriots, and the first half was just an absolute shit show. So I walked home at halftime and said, I'm not going to be out during all of this, I'm just going to come home. And the third quarter happened, and I was like, well, that's it. We're done. We're toast. Uh, the, the, the Patriots had just scored, and Goskowski missed. You, you, you watched the score, and then you left? No, no, no. I, I, there was, it was halftime. I left at halftime. I walked home at halftime. The, the Patriots had just scored, and Goskowski shanked the point after. And at that point, I was so disgusted, I slumped in my chair, put my head down. I was like, ah, and I passed out, (laughs) totally passed out, was out. I woke up at 28, 28, confused beyond belief. Like, what the hell is going on? My phone's ringing. My brother's calling me. I got texts. I'm like, what? What's going on? What just happened? We're we're losing. Now it's what? You're, and so you're an embarrassment. So you wait you wait 
Every, people wait their whole lives for a game like that, for a comeback like that, and you passed out before it happened. Dude, I, I – That was the culmination of the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest coach of all time, the greatest football team of all time, the greatest comeback – Dude, you make time. it seem like I have never watched a Patriots comeback to win a Super Bowl. They're like, this is old hat now. I saw it. I, I was mean, there. I watched the Malcolm you, Butler interception. I this is all this all happened. So you know what? I fell asleep. Now you should be trucked by LeGarrette Blunt. Please. That, that should be your punishment. You should have please. To stand there. I woke up, I watched the OT, lost my mind oh, congrats, in the OT. Man. Congrats, man. You're a great fan. Watch oh. the OT. That's right. I watched the OT and then I rewound as fast as I could to get back to the beginning of the fourth quarter to catch up on what I missed. Hey, shit happens. I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, you, you and Mark Wahlberg, the two, let me tell two you something. Boston sports fans there are. No, let me tell you something. Sitting in your chair and passing out is not like getting up and leaving. I didn't get up and leave a game. I didn't leave the Super Bowl. You okay. just fell asleep, John. That's right. I fell asleep in a chair. This is you're 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 sad. Like That's not sad. That's the way it goes. There's you not be ashamed. What's, you don't even sound ashamed. I no, I'm not ashamed of it at all. That happens. I fell asleep in the third quarter of a blowout, and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I I didn't go to sleep. I didn't get into bed and say, ah, oh, all right, I'm gonna go to sleep now. I was in my chair, drunk, and I passed out. <laughs> After a have, day full of... You should of- have Patriots fan privileges revoked. You should never be able to watch a game again. You All should right, have fine. to root for the Cleveland Browns or something from now on. Oh, There's get out of here. Who falls asleep during the middle of this You make it sound. You make it sound like I got up and went to bed, made myself a nice little cup of cocoa. That's you save that for people who leave games. This is like I'm not like one of those uh, Cleveland fans who was like knocking back on the Miami fans who was like knocking back on after uh, Ray Allen hit that shot. Like that's that's fine. I fell asleep. I think it's funny that I fell asleep, and I am not ashamed have, of it at all. I have disagreed with you before. I have thought you were making very bad points before. I have never been ashamed of you before, but, <laughs> but now, now I am, man. At, at least you got to experience the Paul Pierce shot, though. That was that was something else. That was see, and I'm I'm a big Boston sports fan, but obviously the Celtics. Like I was much more excited about that. Like the Patriots, when I sat there and I was looking at them, like oh they're gonna lose. I, I was like, oh, well, all right, that like that doesn't ruin my day. Patriots losing a Super Bowl doesn't ruin my day. Like the Celtics losing a a middle of January game ruins my day. So just so we know in the hierarchy of things, like that Paul Pierce day was much more emotional for me than the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. So that that was just an incredible, incredible shot. <laughs> and you, you knew he was going to make it. Like, there was no doubt when they ran. The, and they ran. I love that they ran the 1-3 pick and roll, just like old times. <laughs> he always got the switch with the point guard on him, and he always got the shot off over the top. And granted, normally people weren't backing up to let him shoot. But, <laughs> but you, I mean, there was no doubt he was going to make that. didn't matter that he'd sat for two, two hours. didn't matter. 
that he'd racked up DMPs since December 31st. Didn't matter that he's 38 and washed up. Like, that was a big shot, and Paul Pierce was going to drain that motherfucker. That was <laughs> that was just special. Just to see Pierce step up like that. But the whole thing, the whole buildup, we hadn't seen him since five minutes into the first quarter. We heard all of the the chants, the cheers, we want Pierce, you know, Paul Pierce, whatever. To have him come back in, and I, I wasn't sure. Like, at, at, There was a point there where all of the cheering for Pierce was actually starting to make me feel bad for Pierce because, like, he's not going to get back into this game. And everybody's going to be a little disappointed at how this worked out. But he got in. The anticipation was so high when he hit that three and Eddie Palladino gave the Paul Pierce four three and the Yeah, that was perfect. That I was mean, perfect. Just the whole thing. It was it's hard to really grasp for for people who aren't Celtics fans and haven't been Celtics fans from the beginning, the the magnitude of, of that. And you had I think if if people may not be fully aware and why we're we're so excited about this, go read Jay's piece uh, on MassLive.com about the stories that people told about Paul Pierce and their memories of Paul Pierce. And that will give you a good idea of what Pierce meant to this organization. No one told you stories about shots that they hit, that he hit. They told you personal stories about off-the-court stuff, mostly. Those were the memories. So why don't you share some of that, because it was really, really important, I think, for people who might not have a full grasp of things to get the proper perspective. There were some I can't share, too. I I wish I could share all of the stories that were told to me, because some of them were not for publication. Uh, But they were good, too. But the the one... So Mike Zarin was telling me about... uh, New Year's Eve, the 2007-2008 season. And they'd, they'd obviously started out, like, from the beginning. They were, they were great that year. They, they defended like hell. It was Pierce, Garnett, Allen. That team gelled right away. And he set up a New Year's party, which, which no players ever do. Like, you don't set up a New Year's party and invite front office guys and coaches and everything like that. Like, if if you invite a few players to a New Year's party, that's probably like more more team oriented than than most guys would be. So he invites he sets up this whole New Year's party for everybody. And <laughs> Mike Zarin said he walked in and there were little pillows with green shamrocks on them sitting on all the chairs and the benches inside the Hawthorne bar which is underneath the the Commonwealth or Hotel Commonwealth in Kenmore Square. And he said he said it just just seconds before midnight. Pierce stood up on one of the couches, took one of the pillows and looked out at everyone and just said, "We're winning the title this year. This is our year." And Zarin Zarin honestly, he he said he didn't even remember what happened after that. It was like he said the moment was so surreal, like his memory stops there. He doesn't. He doesn't know how people <laughs> reacted to it. It was just like, like whoa. And and Mike Zarin, for background, he's a huge Celtics fan. 
growing up, and now he's their assistant general manager. But he his his parents are his father's a season ticket holder. Like they still go to all the games to this day. Zarin wears a Celtics jacket from like I don't know how many years ago. But but he's been a huge Celtics fan from long before he started working for the organization. So for him to be there in that moment and a year after the Celtics have been so bad, it was just like this unbelievable moment. And for Pierce to like he that was when he first called game, you know? Yeah, right. It it, it never made made it public, but he told everyone we're winning the championship this year. And sure enough, they went out and did it. So that that I thought that was that was a cool story. There were a lot of cool stories. I mean, everybody had a different Pierce story too. So it it's neat asking all the people, and and there's still a lot of people that, like Avery Bradley's the only one who still who played with him, on the team remaining. But there are a lot of guys who who work for the team, whether it's assistant coaches, guys in the front office, whatever, who experienced a lot of the Pierce era, and and just the. St- the way they talk about him, everybody in that organization just just really cherishes that guy. And it's not just about the on-the-court stuff. It's everything else, too. So it, it's cool to know that as much as he's beloved you know, in the city of Boston, he's that well-loved inside the Celtics organization, too. Like when he finished his press conference, Jeff Twist, who has been the, the media guru there for I don't know how many years, 30-some-odd years at least um, – he he said he said thank you Paul and and they kind of embraced and it just just a really powerful day overall. That was uh, I mean that whole day was just amazing. Uh, Sean Grandy and I talked a bit about Pierce's rise in, in the uh, in the organization, and I think that his redemption his his growth from that brash, cocky kid to the guy he is now. Still kind of cocky, still has that swagger for sure, but uh, just a much more mature individual who really embraced his role. And uh, I know today on The Herd Show, Christine Leahy Leahy was, was mentioning, she said that, Pierce's relationship with Boston is one of the best player city relationships uh, around. And and I, I really do agree that Pierce's relationship with Boston has grown to a point where, I mean, God, he could run for mayor. He's right up there with Ortiz and, and Brady and those guys. Like he is in that level where there's just no, nothing but, pure love for the guy yeah he, he's untouchable at this point and that was just like one last unbelievable moment first of all the video tribute was perfect it was like you could tell he was he was literally crying on the court and he's an emotional guy and he he obviously enjoyed it people everybody lit like half the crowd probably had paul pierce jerseys on people were lined up it, it was like it felt like no other game. Like people were lined up in the back hallway waiting for for autographs. Like I don't even know how people got in the back hallway, but <laughs> whether whether they called in favors for the day or what. But there were there were a bunch of people lined up in the back hallway trying to take pictures of him, get autographs, and he signed everyone. 
it was it was there was just such a deep appreciation appreciation not just for him but from him like he 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 fully gets how much he means to Boston and it's just it really is it's it's a special relationship that he has with the city and and it is cuz he he was there for so long he overcame some some rocky times and he just never stopped giving it at all and doc rivers said something about that to the clippers players actually like i i thought that was maybe the coolest quote of the day was he told the players something like if if you guys want to see the example of of someone who has completely maximized their career just l- look at what's going to happen today he said you guys won't won't all be hall of fame players but paul pierce when he leaves the game he he's going to leave it empty completely empty like he gave the game everything he had and when you do that people cherish it so i i thought that was probably 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 the coolest the most fitting quote anyone said was just pierce pierce gave it his all and and now he's a he's a barely plays it it's weird how how far he's fallen because just a couple of years ago he was in washington giving huge playoff moments but Still, still, you knew that three pointer. You knew for a fact that thing was going in, and when it went in, like people started cheering before he even caught it. Yeah, as soon as the pass went over to him, people started cheering. And then when it went in, I, I don't think I've ever heard the TD Garden that loud. It was, it was absolutely bonkers in there, just people going insane. <laughs> and it, it was, it was such an unbelievable moment. Nobody left their seats while Pierce gave his. His post game interview at the at midcourt, nobody left their seats. Like they were going to wait for Paul Pierce to walk into the into the tunnel. It was just just a really really incredible night. Yeah, and that went noon, I guess. Yeah, that went better than I really thought. Like before the season, I thought you know it's gonna. I, I felt like it was gonna be a little anticlimactic, but uh, man, that really was the the goodbye. I really do feel like Paul Pierce's career ended on on Sunday, and he does too, which is funny. <laughs> like he, he he believes that was his goodbye to the game, like that was that was kind of it for him. And obviously, you know, who knows what could happen? Maybe he'll get called on later. But for him, that was that was it. That was probably the reason. You know, Kobe Kobe announced his retirement and had like the full goodbye tours in every city. Paul Pierce, he might have announced his retirement just so he could have that day. And then considering how how far he's fallen as a player and that he doesn't play too much, like it was it couldn't have been a more perfect ending, I thought, because he hit a shot and it wasn't like Celtics fans had to decide, okay, do we want to cheer this because it sends the Clippers ahead or or what? It was like the Celtics had won. Paul Pierce hit the shot. And and God damn, it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, right, right. It didn't cost them anything. It was just here you go. Here's the ball one last time. And yeah, it was it was perfect. Clippers almost screwed that up by sticking around for too long. Right. <laughs> Seriously, like that was. Well, it worked out. It just it worked out. There's nothing more that you can say about that day, that game that. Who knows what Paul Pierce is going to do? Like he, I, I, I don't know. I, they may be saving him for a playoff run. 
where they know that playing him a bunch now makes no difference and it only serves to maybe wear him down and you you need him for moments like this in the playoffs when you might actually need him to make a shot like that and he steps up but who knows who knows how that's going to go but i think if that if that's like one that that's almost like a comeback like if he plays in the playoffs like that's his comeback and he he retired as far as i'm concerned yesterday and that was that so but what a way to go out man what a way to go out all things considered the way everything went that was just just a beautiful day it was magical man <laughs> well i mean and, and when when people talk about how how incredible boston is as a sports town like for a sports town it things don't get much better than than sunday February 5th, 2017, with Paul Pierce's return, the greatest comeback in at least NFL history, maybe sports history. Just what a what a ridiculous day. Yeah, that was like one that, day this bubble's going to pop, right? Like it, right, you you would expect it to. I was I've been talking about this with everybody. My brother and I had a conversation before the show that I mean at some point it it feels like it's going to end. I mean, look, Brady's going to retire at some point. He has to. Uh, and so will Belichick. At some point, they're both going to go away. And then everything changes. And but So appreciate it now while it exists. But just in pure Boston sports terms, not everybody listening is a, a Patriots fan. But look, the Celtics are two games out of first. I don't know how this... Uh, Cavs game is going. I I, I know that it's, it's an awesome tied, game it's going into overtime right now. So yeah, we're uh, we're missing an awesome uh, Cavs Wizards game right now. Which yeah, I guess da- damn you listeners for making us miss. <laughs> I guess damn we should root all. for the we should root for the Cavs in this situation because we don't want Washington to overtake us, or should we root for Washington because we want to get closer to first? I. I'm not rooting for anybody, man. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just rooting for good basketball. So we're we're watching this, or this is going on. The Celtics are a couple of game out of first. They got the the inside track on potentially the first overall pick in the draft. So things are going pretty well for the Celtics. And however the Patriots thing works out, the Celtics are. are basically right there to kind of step up and and be potential finals contenders next year. And then you've still got like the Red Sox are rebuilding and got a really really good young core and you know the Bruins are the Bruins but who knows they'll they they could turn it around at some point. And things think we're just marching along man. Those duck boats are getting a workout and there's... I'm telling you, it it can't stay like this forever. It's been like this for a long ass time, though. It has. And for... like you said, the Red Sox, the Celtics, they both they both look set up for for God knows how long. The Patriots, you know, Brady and Belichick will at some point go away. In the NFL, like they're the only team that's had longevity. There's been no other team. It's unbelievable. That has been close to what they've done. Not even close. I... I don't. I don't get. I, I really can't even fathom. Sometimes, look, you had the best quarterback of all time and the best coach of all time, and they're together. 
at the same time for the same stretch. Like that, how do how often does that happen? You basically have it's like Popovich and Duncan in in San Antonio. Like that's the only sustained stretch. Before that, you got to go back to like Red Arback and and Bill Russell. Like those are the only examples, and we we're seeing it right now. So, whew, just enjoy it, I guess. Although I went online to buy one of those uh, Super Bowl champion hats, no, forty you can't bucks. Have a Super Bowl champion hat. I can't have sleep it. Sleep during the second half, John. Fourth quarter. That's the second half, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I can. Of course, I can. I'm still happy the team won. God, man, look, I went to the old Foxborough Stadium and sat on those long metal bleachers. I've I've earned my stripes when it comes to the Patriots. Yeah. I've gone through I it. Passed out on those too. Uh, now I was too young to drink that much. <laughs> uh, hey, look. I was celebrating the Paul Pierce moment, so maybe I celebrated that a little bit too hard. Oh, well. Anyway. I'm ashamed. Eh, whatever. I'm not. I know who I am. I admit it. Uh, One more piece of business to talk about. Isaiah Thomas, the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Just add another uh, award to his resume. Uh, 4-0, the Celtics were during this week. The numbers are insane i still can't believe that isaiah is putting these numbers up for the week he averaged 38 points and seven assists basically and 17 and a half points per fourth quarter (laughs) i mean that's just insane what like that's those are actual numbers that he scored over 20 twice in the fourth quarter during the stretch yeah and they they needed him to the, the 21 against Toronto when, when they came flying back from a big deficit. The 24 against Detroit when they barely held off the Pistons. Like He's just been outrageous. I thought it was really cool that he met randomly met up with Paul Pierce the night before Pierce's last game. Yeah. And there was kind yeah. of like that passing of the torch. That was really cool. Yeah. That was a cool moment. Yeah. Pierce, actually, that... that when Pierce was uh, giving his press conference, everyone obviously just wanted to talk about Paul Pierce and his return and what the Celtics mean to him and all that. And this was at practice the day before the game. And when he when he finished the press conference, it, it was clear he just wanted to give his thoughts on Isaiah Thomas. So he was like, man, that boy Isaiah killing and then just went on to talk for like two minutes about Isaiah Thomas while the Clippers media guy was like, Paul, practice is starting. You got to get going, man. And he just, he just wanted to let it be known that he's a big Isaiah Thomas fan, which is cool. Paul Pierce just does what he wants. <laughs> Paul, you got to go to practice. Nah, it's all right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got this. You're not taking this moment away from me. It's like the music coming on to play somebody off the uh, the Oscar stage. He's like, nah, I'm going to keep talking here. Uh, yeah, I'm look, Isaiah Thomas is killing it. How about this? How about Isaiah Thomas and Tom Brady, two guys at the end of their drafts, going out and just leading monster fourth quarter comebacks left and right? Like that's – how awesome is that? Uh, do you- I mean, I – you usually stay awake for Isaiah's though, right? Oh, Isaiah's keep me going, man. They <laughs> they energize me. Uh, 
but yeah, I think I think that's just so that's an awesome Boston thing to have. Like it feels like a Boston thing, and maybe. I don't know. Maybe that comes off as a bit douchey, but that it feels like a Boston thing of like, yeah, we didn't, you know, pick him last. You're kind of going to pick you last. And all of a sudden you become awesome, like MVPs and MVP candidates. And like, how much better does it get than that? I think it's great. Perfect. Perfect. All just, right. just like Sunday, February 5th, with the exception of John falling asleep. That's all right. I'm comfortable with who I am. <laughs> All right, I'm comfortable with ending the show there, too. Let's just do that now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, please search for Locked On Celtics wherever it is you subscribe for your podcast. Do that. If you haven't rated us, please rate us five stars uh, because, you know, we do things like admit we fell asleep during the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl massive comeback. So... It's, it's five star worthy. Every, at least admitting it and owning tweet, it. I own it, John, to, to make it make him know how I'm much a, shame you feel. Nah, see, I own it. I own it. I, it's fine. It happens. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. I got no shame. You can still try to shame me though, but I'm not gonna feel it. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're an embarrassment, Corrales. I am not. <laughs> I am no such thing. This has been the Lockdown Celtics podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.